everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Good morning. Good morning. I'm happy that you were able to join us for another segment, Liliana. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I always have so much fun with you, Virginia. You too. I always walk away feeling inspired, uplifted, and heard. <laughs> Good. Me too, yeah. with you. And I would add that our time together is always enriching. Yeah. It is just enriching, both with spiritually always, emotionally always, and... um Every time I'm with you, I'm just better and I know more and I want to persevere with greater focus and intentionality for not just my sake and that of my family, but that of those we serve. And I think we bring that to each other and it's such an unusual bond that I think we have and we share it with Heidi. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Keneally, I know, has a desire and a commitment to strive for excellence when it comes to uncovering everything and turning every stone pertaining to cancer treatment. So we've had the privilege of working with giants, of course, Dr. Lee Cowden Mm -hmm. as well. But in the last segment, we talked with Natalie about really having a fluid conversation about what brought us together, what keeps us together together what sustains us during times of incredible confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. For this segment, and and we touched organically on some really traumatic small T, and you're going to talk about that in a minute, but traumatic events in our lives. And one of them was spinal meningitis for Jordan, day one, and attachment issues, and you too. Which, by the way, I didn't remember that. Yeah. And the cliff cliff lip, lip, yeah, yeah, for Annalisa. And what it did in terms of the anxious attachment that we developed with our girls. But the story didn't end there. And so I want to continue building on that in the context of what these emotional states do to our anatomy, our physiology, and then go back and revisit some of those themes we introduced in the first segment in terms of attachment. Okay, beautiful. So emotions, feelings, a function of the soul emote function of the central nervous system. They're not the same thing. Internal root cause, feelings, happy, sad, confused, emotions, the consequence they play out in the body. Mm -hmm. That's why I talk about negotiating and reconciling things in our soul, right? The seed of wisdom, the seed of reason. And you're an expert on that because you've been dealing for over 20 years with the consequence of those unreconciled conflicts and how they impact the body. Mm -hmm. So why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Okay, well, I can kind of talk a little bit of my own experience. So, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, Annalisa born with a cleft lip. That's my daughter, right? My immediate response was shame and guilt, right? Right off the bat, right? What did I do? Uh, What did I do wrong, right? Or what could I have done? What could I have done? What I've done? Like I said, I, I could pull out a whole list of things that, you know, God could have been angry with me about, right? And, and then I, and then I, then I thought to myself, when I started really kind of researching in regards to the emotions and the condition was that I was at a time in my life of my husband and my life where he was losing a great deal of money 
Mm. Okay. And so what in German medicine is all about emotions and organ systems and causal effect of those, mm-hmm. of, of those mm-hmm. emotions. Right. And so it said that a child with a born, and how with, they manifest in disease yeah, states. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it said for a cleft lip, it, it's uh, the manifestation of a child trying to take a bigger bite of life out when their parents are losing something. Oh, that's interesting. Right. And I thought, wow, okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Because see, well, a lot of your security was at stake during that time because a lot of decisions and choices. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, stuff. And by the way, they weren't things you were in agreement with or in alignment with. Right. But there were things you were part of by nature of association. That's correct. Yes, exactly. So the psychology of you and your husband becomes her biology. Right. We talk a lot about that. Well, also just imagine that, you know, the child is influenced by the environment. So that is your personal environment. Excuse me, in the womb. This is why I always tell my my patients who are looking to have children, I say, happy mama, happy baby. Because Mm -hmm. not only is the child receiving all the nutrition that you're consuming, but and the toxins that you're expelling, because it's the perfect time for a mother to start dumping, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, I've done a full workup on my daughter to see what toxins she has, what she's missing in nutrients, Mm -hmm. so that we can, you know, create a more of a robust opportunity for this child, right? How about peaceful mom, peaceful baby? No, seriously. Absolutely. And Content, so, so, yeah. I, right, so I tell, I tell, you know, everyone that, you know, you cannot separate the child from the environment. Right. Ever. Yeah. The well, child that environment be- is shaping yeah. them. It's making their anatomy, their yeah. blood cells. It's connecting Absolutely. their system. Yeah. They become the environment, right? That's so right. If you're stressed and angry, cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all these things are making up the baby's brain. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I tell that to my patients, they immediately go, Oh my God, I totally screwed up my kids. You know, <laughs> when I say, well, the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, you can reconcile these things and that the brain is extremely valuable and you can reframe stories because all they are stories, right? They're what you tell yourself. And so if you stop telling yourself them, Something that's not of good nature, then again, it's hypnotic suggestion yep. to think of something of a positive nature. Well, can I interject a thought yeah. before you go on? Because uh-huh. I know you have so much to say about this and I want to hear it all. I want people to hear it all. The initial statement that you mentioned is one that is common to many of us, whether we want to admit it or not. And you said the anger and the judgment, the anger of God or the judgment of God. Yeah. It's this thing that we have knowledge of that something within ourselves is broken and we deserve punishment, anything but grace. We deserve punishment in the Bible, right? That's called sin, but it comes from this violation of conscience. It comes from this conflict that we intuitively are born with and we have within ourselves. I think it's very interesting that we don't take into account specifically in the story and the narrative that you're discussing it has more to do with cause and effect. Mm. A child is to some, it's not a blank slate. That's ridiculous. No, no way. A child is full of narratives. Absolutely. And they get a baton in time. And this is their leg of the race. You discussed it last segment in the context of a dream. Yeah, God gives us this dream. And I think that's a gift of God, evidenced by our fingerprint. There's only one of you. There's only one dream quite like he's asking you to live it out. And we want to help people find the courage to do it. But in the context of what you're saying and what I'm trying to point out about anger, God, and anger, how about cause and effect? Because you made a lot of decisions from that dream state of being a young kid, I want to do this, to pregnant. 
having a baby. A right. lot of decisions you made. Oh, absolutely. That knowing what you know now, you'd make differently. Yes. Yeah. If knowing, you knew. Yeah. So we want to get this information to people out now is because you can change the trajectory of your life by taking personal responsibility for the decisions you made. For example, we can talk about your, your ex-husband, right? And the, and God bless these men that feel like warriors and they got to yeah. support a family and make money and protect and do all these things, right? Many times that's a jungle out there. It's wild and they don't make the best decisions and you wish they would have done and said a lot of things differently. We're human. but Exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what he was doing. And you weren't in alignment not with a lot of things that were developing in the relationship, not a lot of things. And you, you were compliant. You kind of went along. Yes. And so the manifestation of that, the I'm going to take a bigger left. The stress, yeah. that's right. Manifested in her body. Yes. So there's these complex layers to this, but at rest, Liliana, as you well know, I'm about people taking the bull by the horns and taking personal responsibility for how to reconcile those conflicts now that are manifested in our own bodies and, not and in the narrative of our own stories, right? And not disassociate. And not to, to, or blame or right. don't waste a minute of your day if you're listening to this talking about, I shouldn't have done this. No, no, no. You did and you were and you're there. And now let us show you how you can leverage that for freedom. Right. Yeah. right? Well, absolutely. Lot, yeah. I mean, I, don't, so I just wanted to interject yeah, that. No, absolutely. Before. You know, and, and hindsight, I don't regret any, any way my life has rolled out because I am who I am because of all that. Exactly. Right. Because we don't grow through complacency and comfort. We grow through pain or compliance. Right. We absolutely. don't always grow through compliance. No, we just don't. And sometimes we get knocked into being compliant, right? That's if we're right. not listening to our intuition or compromise. Well, how else do we learn about evil, about good, about right, about wrong, about justice, about injustice, about light and dark? If we don't, to some extent, rise against things that we think are wrong in our naivety, right? In our stupidity, we're going to do it our way. But how else do we become really compliant and humble, frankly, to say, oh, there is a God and he does rule and overrule in the lives of men. And sin is just not a bad word that nobody wants to say. Sin is just when... The stories we tell ourselves are not in alignment with the stories our bodies are carrying and certainly not in alignment with design. But we were going to be masters of our own destiny and do what we wanted. Well, it's okay. Go do what you want. But sooner or later, you're going to bend the knee. Right. Right. And to some extent, the cleft lip thing was my teacher, was your teacher, my teacher. And, you know, just like all of our children are our teacher and they're also our mirror. Life is our mirror. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like a a revelation for me to recognize that even though life can be traumatic and it can be overwhelming at time, there can be, there can be surrender in the chaos. Yeah. And there's where the beauty lies. I tell my patients, there is no healing in chaos, you know, in the static of life. It's only in silence, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in meditation, whether it's in nature, whether it's in painting, whether it's in cooking, where you're just kind of present there. Right. And you're not really uh, distracted by by other. And so, you know, it's so important for us to always just recognize. Right. How is our nervous system? How can we befriend our autonomic nervous system so that we can have responsibility? in regards to what I was going to say earlier. Look at me. I was in the most beautiful place in the world. And as far as I'm concerned, Bali, I loved it. So my atmosphere was fabulous, but my inside was turmoil. 
Because yeah. my, my ex was going through all these legal issues and battles and things of that nature. There was uncertainty, just like we have right now. This is why we're seeing such a rise in autoimmune disorder, and especially in women, because we are the ones that are worrying about it all. The guys oftentimes mm-hmm. will just put their head in the grinder of working, 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 and they're not looking at the nurturing aspect of the world or the home. And so when I think about that, my atmosphere on the outside looked great. But the interior atmosphere was very uncertain and chaotic. When you understand these principles of health, though, and wellness, even if you are a single parent, even if you are exhausted, you can create margin in your day and in your life to just really be check in with yourself. And again, we have a lot of technologies and resources to help people do that. I have educational material that I've put online. So have you, Liliana. We're trying to put really good, solid information online so people can create communities of having these kinds of conversations and bringing healing to each other. I think we're in the beginning of a huge global shift. And I just think we're living in World War III and the beginning of World War III in terms of ideas and worldviews and ideologies and economically and all these things. That's intuitively going to bring an enormous amount of pressure and anxiety. But if we can step into places of rest and understanding laws of nature, things that are self-evident and speak to our natural affection, there isn't a single person, Liliana, that's listening to us right now that does not profoundly understand the point we're making and the things we're saying. Mm -hmm. Because it's congruent with everything with the divine affection that is common to us as human beings. These are natural things that we all have a heart. We all long for attachment. We all want to be seen, heard, understand. We all have a conscience and that conscience gets seared. And when that conscience gets seared and we're silenced in that narrative, like you were, for example, in many of the developments Mm -hmm. during that stage of your life when you were pregnant, your little sweet baby and you were taking a beating for that and your husband too, for other reasons and things, but right now you're the one here talking to me. So address this with you, but that's the work we do. And the things we know we can teach people how to displace the confusion and the chaos that comes with it. That makes them ill. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And address it in all areas of life as well, like within the relationship, within themselves, within, yeah, sphere of influence. Well, later on, Mm -hmm. later on, in the narrative of even Jordan's life. And there were several other things that were really bizarre that happened. But one of the things that happened is I was out shopping with her and I'll never, ever forget. We were at old Navy and she was walking right in front of me and I saw something bizarre and I saw her lean against a rack and I thought she has a brain tumor. I am observing a diminished capacity to function and it's her brain. Only God could have told me that. Only a deep sensitivity for shifts in energy and attachment and being able to intuitively read that could have revealed that to me. And the only reason I say that with boldness now is because now this happens to me all the time. And Natalie, you see it all the time. I'll be talking to somebody and I'll say things that are exactly what's happening to them, exactly what they're thinking, exactly what they're struggling with. And more often than not, and it's chilling, is something that they'll find out, they'll get a diagnosis for that I told them, heads up, Mm -hmm. this is how the body may be manifesting that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you talk about guilt and shame 
and I didn't feel any of it. I was too thankful when, in fact, a few weeks later, on our way to church, we were getting everybody ready. I was in the shower. She crawls into my bathroom, and she's having what appeared to be a seizure-like symptom. And I remember opening the shower door and having her come in with me, and she was all dressed for church. And Jordy was always about getting dressed and looking cute. Time she was a teeny tyke. And I remember, I'll never forget, bringing her in the shower with me and watching the water slowly ruin her hair and her outfit and drenching her favorite she didn't shoes. Care. Yeah. Oh, I, none, nothing mattered, right? And of course, I'm in the shower and I said, Oh, we're okay, Jordan. We're okay. We're just going to take it easy. And I was trying to calm her down. And of course, and just know that, okay, God's sovereign. But to, in retrospect now, I think it was everything is going to be okay. And water represents cleansing and energy and everything. And when I think how intuitively I did that, makes me think of how amazing everything that God has put in place, if we can just stay present and abide in His presence, we'll rest in the shadow of the things that overcome us. And I was just so accustomed to having quiet time, to reading God's Word, to understanding the character of God, to understanding our story and the narrative of the bigger story, that when this horrible, and I want you to talk about this in in this next little section, Mm -hmm. this big traumatic event is happening in my eyes, because how did I know this three weeks ago? Thank God I told Ray or I think I was crazy. And he said, Virginia, take her in and get an MRI. Well, it doesn't work that way, as you know. Mm-hmm. And it certainly didn't 20 years ago, right? right you don't go yeah. in and ask for an MRI. They'll roll their eyes and say, you're a crazy mom. Right. Which I was a little bit of a crazy mom anyway, so that would have been. <laughs> but there it was. And the knowledge that this is happening. We have so many people that want to gift healing to their friends and family members. Due to popular request, we've officially created the Gift of Rest package for purchase. Please go to theplaceofrest.com forward slash wholeness packages to view the gift of rest. If you've been listening to our podcast regularly and are now wondering what's next or how can I get more support? Our day of rest course is available to support you in your pilgrimage. Use the promo code podcast, all lowercase, to receive a 10% discount for our introductory day of rest course. Now back to the show. So fast forward six hours, we are in the intensive care room at the hospital. We had to rush her to the hospital and I'll never, ever forget. The doctor says she has a brain tumor. And I thought, oh, good. Don't I say that all the time? You say that all the, all time. the time. And they look at you like, what do you mean? What good? Are you, talking about? <laughs> you know why I thought good? God's sovereign. Mm-hmm. He showed me. He told me. I did not overreact, and it was confirmed. Yeah. So good was the sovereignty of God outside of things I could grasp. Can I add to that? Yes. So in the Bible, it's God says that women are prudent, and it means it means that we are careful or wise in handling practical matters, but it also means that we have an innate intuition. And when you have kids, it's only heightened. Oh yeah. And and that's that's science. Like science has proven that that when you have kids that your your mind 
grows and expands and and that's and that's by design a baby is born exactly that's my point in the body of the body right exactly and so so it it's amazing too because god created you that way and you got to experience it firsthand and it's moms have an invisible string my my little granddaughter has a book created from the first time that baby latched onto your breast right right. Mm -hmm. and that's that and when it was in your womb i mean look at what you were just saying about annalisa i call it an in my invisible string to god Mm. and our invisible string heart string to our daughter so Catherine dang who is a giant in my life, she said it's called divine affection. Yeah. The divine affection of a woman towards her child is so different than the child to the father. Mm-hmm. Not to diminish it. It's just different. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. But there's something about being a woman that is just sacred. Yeah. And you know, Liliana, I'm big on this. I shut my mouth and I put all the books, all the books go out the window when I'm listening to a mom. Yeah. And when I'm listening to her speak, because she's going to tell me things that no blood test is going to reveal, right. no yeah. x-ray is going to tell. And during that time, it was an amazing thing, right? And I was big T traumatized. Yeah. And it didn't hit me and I didn't understand it until 10, 15 to 20 years later. The impact it had on me compounded with the early attachment issues I had from when I conceived her. So I want you to talk about that because the consequence of trauma and compounding trauma that you don't reconcile in your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, your feelings is going to create boulders. Generational patterning. And generational patterning. And so I'm just beginning to understand that. And I think that is why I am like a dog with a bone and telling people you don't need a specialist. You do not need a therapist. What you need to understand is how laws of nature, self-evident truth, and how to engage your natural affections to facilitate healing. And with all those three things, if you understand that the spiritual world, if you will, or this outside air and space is an information system, a quantum field of energy. And I want you to talk about this, Eliana, and how it works according to the counsel of each individual's will, their mind, their heart, their conscience, their feelings. And the consequence of that is what emotes and sets patterns in the central nervous system that have consequence in the body. It's taken me 20 years to fully understand. And I will credit the geniuses and the scientists that developed the technology to help us confirm our suspicions. So talk about that, Liliana, really quick, because you have a lot to say about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, generational patterning, it used to be kind of woo-woo kind of mindset, but now it's getting into the mainstream, you know, with all of the giants that you're talking about, speaking about. It's a survival skill that gets genetically blueprinted in regards of generation upon generation. So there's frequency that can replicate itself. And, you know, you and I, we do a lot of emotional work uh, with a lot of, you know, disease oriented situations. And neurological work. Right. Where we can actually, we can actually go back, you know, generations, four or five generations back and kind of look, say, oh, it started here and the, in the imprint of the DNA replication. Right. And so, 
For example, when we talk about uh, a child in the womb picking up all of the mother's uh, neurotransmitters and actually creating the the aspect of what this child is going to have ADD, it's going to have gut issues, you know, depending on what the emotions are with the mother, it's a very for real thing. Like, so for example, oh my, Lily, for a second, yeah. in a pineal is what regulates, right? Yes. A lot of the organ function, timing and everything in the body. And that's where her tumor was. And that's where it is. And during that time in my life, my photography had been published nationally and internationally all over the world. I had a schedule that was crazy and it was all because I wanted to use my work to reflect and to address the heart of a generation. I wanted to address macro social issues through my photography. And there was a huge shift beyond creating things for the gift market and all these things that were really successful to know we're losing the heart of a generation. If my work doesn't point to something that awakens the sleeping giant, which is the heart and soul of moms and dads and families and communities and institutions of influence and whatnot, then I'll consider my life's work a waste. Well, guess who I was pregnant with during all of this stuff? Right. Jordan. Yeah. And so I was trying to make these huge transitions. And with that comes a lot of energy and a lot of pressure. And it was her. And naturally she developed that. And by the way, wait, mom's listening to this, you know, no guilt, like with you with the cleft lip, no shame. Yeah, no. It's just real. Right. Yeah. And so now, okay, now if this is true, then what? Well, then now I tried to understand it further, explain it further, help my daughter understand, no, you do this because of this. And it's not just (laughs) you, it's more complicated, right? Right. And try to bring healing to yourself, to your family, and to spheres of influence and information. And that's how we build these communities. Absolutely. And I just kind of just want to touch on something that you said earlier in in regards of, you know, putting the books away and really listening to a mother because obviously she knows best, right? When I called my mother uh, to tell her that my daughter had a cleft lip, she said, I already knew. And I said, how did you know? She said, I had a dream that you, that your, your daughter had the, like, like how kitty cats have the, yeah. the, the lip that is like that. My mother's very clairvoyant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where we say, don't dream two times about anything because it will happen, right? Oh my. So, so again, you know, I was like kind of really scared to say it to anything because here I am, this, you know, athlete, super healthy, did everything right, you know, that little shame. What did I do? Oh my God, I'm embarrassed to some degree, right? But I had to, really reconcile with the fact that I was in perfect grace. I was perfectly healthy. She was a perfectly healthy child. I was living in the most beautiful place in the world. You know, she had all of these beautiful people around her that, you know, loved her tremendously in regards of her uh, capacity to have a, a, a really good tight social structure because I come from a family of 10 brothers and sisters, yeah. right? So we're used to a tribe. So here I am out of, out of the country, you know, with no tribe, but everywhere I go, I create a tribe because that's, that's right. just my makeup, right? Yeah. And and, uh, and so it was, you know, like I said, I wouldn't, I don't regret anything. I learned so much. And even with her, you know, being a little embarrassed and shy, because kids are mean. What what happened to you? Blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know? And at first she wanted to kind of make up a lie about it because, you know, thinking about I'm, I was born this way makes me feel I was deformed in some way. Right. And I said, oh, Lisa, I said, you know, 
and this is where I started teaching her about the beauty of the soul mm-hmm. and to really understand that this physical body that you have is just a vehicle, you know, and we, and, and your vehicle works absolutely perfect, you know, and she's yeah. gorgeous. And that doctor, like I said, you know, I was in grace. I, there was happened to be the most famous doctor at the hospital when I delivered her that I went to Adelaide and had it done. And literally in 20 minutes, it was done, you know, wow. and she's gorgeous. And, you know, and, but the point is the things that you grew through, the oh, stuff absolutely. you had to face, yeah. the pain all of it. Of that. All of that. And I think the sensitivity that you have, and as do I for people that suffer, yeah. and learning and leaving no stone unturned it's like, where do in we the go privilege from of here? our life. Yeah. yeah. Where do we if go from this, here? then what? Yeah. Because yeah. there's something here. And I love what you said. We do, and I have a whole segment in our education curriculum about the era of grace the unmerited favor is just raining grace is raining information resources new beginnings right reconciling all these things we're living in the era of grace and the age of rest right yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely because something happened 2022 years ago right this person comes into the world stage who fulfills 4,000 years of history that came before him. And I want to do a whole podcast on that one day because people aren't going to believe it till we break it down. And that was a person of the historic Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he said, if you come to the end of yourself, you recognize these things about yourself and you see the limitations of time, but the potentiality of eternity, it's because I'm calling you home and I will come and indwell you. That's why I'm here. And my peace will be your peace. That's why he could invite us into a place of rest because he promised that he would take our broken, fearful, terrified, traumatized hearts that we're all going to experience in time. And he says, I'll exchange it for peace and rest in a heart of flesh. And where I am, you will be, and I will be with you. And then some, a switch goes off. And in the midst of the dark things that befall us, and I'm looking at many, many potential, as are we all, that's what it is to abide in the presence of the Most High. The person who created these systems developed physics, developed biology, Innate wisdom. Innate wisdom. Everything. And all these systems that are in place. You know, I don't know if you heard this, Liana, but I was listening. I love to read and about quantum physics and physics and what's happening. I understand only about 25% of it, frankly. But I understood this. And he said, when people speak a word, they know now, don't ask me how, that it impacts the furthest reaching star in the heavens that they can document wow a word a word in the tongue is a power of life and death Mm -hmm. and the thoughts have power words have authority so we need to think and reframe all the thoughts that compound during our traumatic experiences and by the way look at me i was living through trauma and all i could think about was praise god But look at what I've had to negotiate and reconcile and still work through. And by the way, I'm still working through it. 20 years. It's not going to stop. And you and I have talked about as women and friends how we've had to do that in marriages as a consequence of trauma and loss. Right? Absolutely. And in our health. Absolutely. In a way, it's a form of like self-mastery. Like figuring out the things that you need to reconcile and like, and putting that into practice on an almost daily basis. Well, God made us like him. Yeah. He wants us to live like him. 
like a daily basis. Like a, like a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He made well, us like intent. him. He wants us to live. Yeah. You know, we have to just reestablish our intent every day. That's why I say, you know, mm-hmm. when it's the new year, I don't really goal set. I intention set. Yeah. Because the intention right. is so much broader than goal. Goal is very finite. And if it doesn't look exactly how we, we may have actually overlooked it. Right. Mm-hmm. But look at all the, the mindsets of the step towards the, that intention to get to the goal. Right. That's the journey behind it. All right. Yeah. And if you have the intention and you understand the affirmations, then go declare it. Because I always think of affirmations of something that I keep telling myself I'm going to do, I'm going to do. But I can affirm a lot of things that I don't really believe. Yeah. But when I declare something, it's because I know that God says, I've prepared a banquet for you in the presence of your enemies. Come and feast from it. If you trust me, I'll give you the capacity, the strength, the courage to approach the table. And Liliana, doggone it, I've seen you do that as a professional. (laughs) I have. And I see you battling the same darkness and fear that everybody else does. But say, no, there's a table and a feast and a banquet. And I'm going to go take from it because a good God has put all these things in place and I'm going to go use them. You know, what? the biggest thing that I've learned is that, you know, if I look at a river, I say, that's the river of my life. And there's many times where the water's been very turbulent. And there's many times where that water hit up against a rock and that was an obstacle in my life. Whoa, woke me up, right? But what I've learned now is to navigate the water. Yeah. Is that when the water becomes too turbulent, I stop trying to swim against the tide. Right. And I, and I float on my back knowing that I have agency and that I have God's hands underneath my back that will move me around the obstacles. Right. And, and I trust that. And so where maybe in the very beginning, when I was starting to practice this principle, I said, okay, Liliana, float on your back. But then every two seconds I'd look up, is there a boulder there? Or do I need to, you know, be an, an observation of something that could happen? And then when I just said, you know what, bottom line, Life is happening for you and not to you. And this yes. is all God's will anyway. What are you going to say? God, this shouldn't be happening right now. You say it has to happen because it's a spiritual journey that we're on. Just like a hero's journey. When I talk to my art cancer patients, I say, you know, nobody liked to get that, that uh, letter in the mail that said you're drafted to the army. You had a choice. You're going to be a hero to your country, which most people didn't want to go kill people. They didn't do this joyously yeah. or defect and not be able to come back and be integrated in their family. So a person that's on, in, a, in a disease process is on a hero's journey. Nobody wants to be in, on, on this journey. No. It's, 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 it's challenging. Hard. It's hard. And I tell patients, you're on your journey, you know, basically with only God, because all your family members are on the, they're, they're what I call your cheerleaders. Good job. Keep going. I believe in you, but you've got to have, you know, God gave us Jesus. So that could be our companion. You've got to hold on to his hand because if you try to go through this journey with the mindset of getting that little piece of paper that says free and clear, you're in remission. And that's the only thing you're looking for. You've missed your pearls of wisdom of suffering along the way. And you mm. may have to go and do this journey. Again. Yeah. And you know how you're in a hero's journey. And mm. I know we got to go to the next segment, Natalie, but I, when you're hearing you say that, I love it, Liliana. I just love talking to you. <laughs> but when you say you're on a hero's journey, You know you're on a hero's journey because you don't want to be on it. Right. You don't want you never wanted to be a hero. And you know you're on a on a hero's journey because not only did you never want to be a hero, but you're gonna finish well. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're committed to finishing well. Yeah, you're committed that's, to finishing well. That's it. You know? And that's how you know you're a hero because it's going to require humility, yep. bending the knee, brokenness, yep. and it's going to require saying, I will not survive. I'm going to thrive in this. Right. No matter what it costs no me. What. And that's a hero. That's how you know. Yeah. And those are the heroes. Yeah. They don't yeah. look like yeah. we think they do, yeah. but that's it. Well, and I honestly think that just by being born, you're put on this hero's journey because anything that has been unresolved by your ancestors is, is carried to you. It's that's like right. what you said about, about passing on the baton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It now, is. not, not everyone chooses to pick up that baton and become the hero, but we're all given that you opportunity. We're supposed to evolve, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it just yeah. occurred to me, we were both runners. And how funny, I always think of running analogies about like, yeah. yeah well, I came it. out feet first, just like on Alasis, So I don't think I you stopped did. running. That's <laughs> it. That's it. I, I came out with a cortisol shot, you know, whoa. You know. I, I was my most, my mother's most traumatic birth, put it that way. Right. And I thought, no wonder my, right. My nervous system, when I first did our Sarah set with you, you said, Liliana, you're in global lockdown. That's uh, right. Like, global that's lockdown. I feel. I mean, I could, I could, I could hear a pin drop over there and I could hear that conversation over here. Oh my goodness. Right? I that can't was imagine that. Like global that was my height of Hashimoto's, right? When I when I got the autoimmune, uh, you know, issue, you know, which was you know fueled by an emotional issue. Yeah, you know. So it always go back to really, I say, you know, if you've got a problem with the body, start paying attention to your emotions and start, you know, break down those walls and turn them into fertilizer. And what is going to grow good out of that, right? Yeah. yeah. And when you pay attention to your emotions, do so without judgment of self yeah. or others. Consideration. Do so for the sake yeah. of yeah analysis and understanding the consequence. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important. Gotta, Natalie's giving me the eye. Okay. We got to close this segment. Okay, but we have—I have a good starting point for the next one. All right, thanks, good Juliana. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to theplaceofrest.com forward slash donate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.